yep, no plan B, you know, this, this is either going to work or it's going to work. And, uh, and then, and winners find a way, uh, but also not beating yes. a dead horse, right? Like if something's not working, if I'm, you know, buying these type of leads, or if I'm calling this type of way, if that's not working, if the numbers are showing that that's not working, pivoting and, and being right. coachable and allowing other people to, to pour into you and, and help you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Redemption Road podcast. I'm your host, Doc John. Here on Redemption Road, we are interviewing high performers to hear about their life hacks and strategies that they've used to go on and live a life of abundance and thriving. Today's guest is a wealth building and insurance expert. She's a proud native of the Dominican Republic and a graduate of the University of Florida. Go Gators! Go Gators! I'm, I'm doing I'm doing the chomp right now. You just can't see it, but. Uh, Although they let us down in the Baseball World Series last night, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, she's an active member of the Tampa community. In her four years in the industry, she has helped over 400 families protect their health and financial nest egg through health and life insurance. Her passion is helping small business owners and self-employed people create a legacy of financial freedom. She does this by teaching and empowering her clients to minimize the interest they are paying to the banks and leverage their money to build wealth. Her big audacious goal is to help 200,000 families become financially free it's my pleasure to introduce Paula Rodriguez. Paula, welcome. Thank you, Dr. John. I appreciate you for having me here. Oh, super excited to have you here. Super excited for this conversation today because uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things like financial mindset. And I think this is you know very important to anybody's redemption going forward because it's a piece of the puzzle that you have to have. Everything we do falls into four categories. It's our mindset, our body, our relationships, and our business. And that business you know, portion is also how we make and save money. So that's one of the four main areas that we have to address in our lives. And so I'm looking forward to you dropping some major value here for us today. So thank um, you. Yes. Excited. But for, yeah, I am too. First, I'm going to put you on the hot seat because since the theme is redemption, I always like to invite our guests to talk about the, uh, over, the things that they've overcome, the adversities that they've had to face in their lives. And um, so I'm going to open it up to you now and have you tell us a little bit about what are some of the more difficult things that you've had to overcome in your lifetime. And then, We'll get into more of the money mindset thing after that. So yeah, so yeah, and and I, I love the theme. Um, uh, we always say that pressure is a gift, uh, so you can't make yes. diamonds without pressure. So um, the um, I would say the first time I really felt pressure, and and I'm really, I've I'm really lucky to have had the life that I've had. Um, I we came over from Dominican Republic uh, in '99. Uh, my dad okay. got a contract through um, his, uh, he's a computer programmer by trade. And so he came over in the Y2K crisis. And then uh, when I was eight, I had to learn English. I came here to the States, not like really knowing anybody. I, we had some family here, um, but that was my first like trial at adversity. Um, I was really wow. upset <laughs> when, um, so in Dominican Republic, everyone thinks that the United States is, uh, is New York. Uh, so when we moved to Jersey, I was pretty <laughs> upset that I was in Jersey and not New York City, you know, uh, but <laughs> but uh, I got over it pretty quickly. Um, and then um, I would, you know, that was my first trial at adversity, right? Learning a new language, you know, Absolutely. really a different culture. It happened um, very scary on. for you. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was scary, but you know, I had my family here my mom really supported us in a really big way. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, but I would say, I mean, my biggest adversity was transitioning into being fully self-employed and, uh, you know, I, I was in a position where I, I, I've always been in sales, but I was in a position where uh, the the position I had was they, they were taking, they were getting rid of it, right? And so okay. uh, they wanted to shift me into a position that made 60% of what I made the year before. And so I really couldn't make that, that change. Um, and so I reached out to my network and I started in, in health insurance first. That's how I got into the, the insurance and financial services industry. And um, uh, how long was ago was this? That was uh, four and a half years ago. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was tough. Um, I, uh, I was working like 100 hour weeks uh, it, at the beginning. I, I made some money, but it wasn't really equating to like really what would sustain the lifestyle that I lived before. So I had to get a roommate and uh, I just like made it work. And uh, six months later, um, I think it, it was like the, yeah, it was six months later, I made my first uh, over $5,000 weekly check. And so that's when I was nice. like, all right, no turning back. <laughs> uh, uh, so all of that, you know, fighting all of those hours that I was putting in, all that practice that I, you know, that I was having helping people finally paid off after those six months. Um, and, and yeah, I'm here to tell the story now. That's incredible. So talk to us some more about, you know, those, when you're putting in the hundred hour weeks and maybe the money's not coming in at the time and you're just, you're putting in all the work and all the investment, but you're not really getting any return. Talk to us about the strategies and the mindset that you used. You know, what, what was the internal dialogue that you had with yourself at the time to keep going at that time? Because you know, we, we, there's two types of motivation. There's intrinsic and there's extrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is when you have things coming in from the outside, you know, money's coming in, the pats in the back, the accolades, you know, all these other things, you know, for fitness people, it's, you know, they're meeting their fitness goals, they're losing weight, they're getting more muscle, all those kinds of things. But intrinsic motivation is, you know, when we have that motivation that comes from within and that's a vital piece of the puzzle when the extrinsic part isn't happening for us. So talk to us about a little more of the intrinsic motivation for you that was keeping you going during that time. Yeah. So I, the intrinsic was, Hey, these people are not smarter than you. They're not harder, harder working than you. Yes. You got this. Like, let's, let's do it. That's what I was telling myself. Um, but that gets, that's not as powerful sometimes as, Hey, you got to pay your mortgage. Right. <laughs> so <I've laughs> that's been, powerful I, too. <laughs> so that, that extrinsic motivation helped me when I didn't have that intrinsic motivation. And so, uh, like, like I was saying, pressure is a gift. And, uh, I, I've, I've been on my own since I left the house going to college since I was 18, I've never asked my parents for a dime and I wasn't about to, you know, after being out of the house for eight years, I wasn't about to, you know, come back and, you know, put my, my tail uh, between my legs and, you know, come back home. Uh, there was this like pride that I had to, to make it happen because I was seeing all these other people that were really successful sure. too. Uh, so I think that um, it's really important to surround yourself with people that you want to be like um, yes. that way that they're, they're giving you uh, tips. They're, they're showing you the way. Um, and then when the, the going gets tough, you, you're, you know, you can see them, you can reach out for help. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, it's a combination between the two. 
of you making the decision that that the first thing is making the decision that you're going to be successful, that there's no other way. Um, and then the, the opposite of that isn't going to even exist in your reality. That's just this yeah. is what's going to happen. I'm burning it's, the boats and this is the only possibility that even is going to exist. Yep. No plan B, you know, this, this is either going to work or it's going to work. And, uh, and then, and winners find a way, uh, but also not beating yes. a dead horse, right? Like if something's not working, if I'm, you know, buying these type of leads or if I'm calling this type of way, if that's not working, if the numbers are showing that that's not working, pivoting and, and being right. coachable and allowing other people to, to pour into you and, and help you. Uh, Cause there is also that ego right. when, when your back's against the wall, sure. sometimes you're like, no, I'm going to do it on my own. Uh, but realizing when to let others help you. Uh, yes, is, is that, that, that's such a great point. Uh, Dr. Tara Marie talks about something called productive perseverance, where it's, you know, you're, you have that perseverance, you keep pushing forward, but productive in that you also know when to pivot. You don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. If you're running yourself into the ground and just, you know, have that bullheaded, you know, bullheaded determination is good. But, you know, to some extent, you have to also look at the feedback and know when you need to make some changes and pivot and, um, you know, sometimes know when to take a different direction completely. And so it's it's a fine line knowing when, you know, when do we just keep plowing forward and when do we have to to make some changes? So it's it's good that you were able to do that. And um, yeah, it's that that's a that's a great story because and it's and I love the point that you made about uh, surrounding yourself with the right kind of people because you have to be able to, you know you have to see people that are successful vicarious reinforcement is very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our own reinforcement is great, but seeing other people being successful by doing certain things, that's what can keep us going as well, because you know, you say you see it work for them. They demonstrated that it works. And so that means you don't have to invent the wheel all on your own. Mm -hmm. You can learn yeah. from them. And, and so we sometimes have to put our pride aside because we want to figure out all of all our own. We don't want to ask for help and everything, but you know, it's okay to ask for help. I mean, I know my life got better when, I started to ask people for help and okay, how did you do that? All right, cool. I don't have to figure that out on my own. I can save myself a lot of time, a lot of anguish, a lot of other pitfalls by doing that. And then so, and it's cool because you can celebrate their victories with them and they're going to be able to celebrate your victories with you and, you know, yeah. being excited for all those other people in your life and their victories. That's, that's in the universe that, you know, that message that you approve of the success and that's when success gets set, you know, sent to you as well. Yeah. And then you can, pay it forward, right? To help other people um, mm -hmm. after you've been successful in, in whatever it is you want, you set out to accomplish, you help other people. And through doing that myself, uh, through mentoring other people, I remember the things that helped me become successful. So, yes. you know, it's, it's always really important to continue doing the things that have gotten you there. Um, unfortunately, another trial that I went through, another adversity I went through is when I stopped, when I kind of felt like, oh, I made it, I'm good. I started traveling a lot and I, I lost momentum. And so I paid that for happens. it. You know, yep. <laughs> so it's I always really tell people success. To... Yep. Success yeah. is one of the biggest, uh, biggest things that can cause a setback for us because we, yeah. you know, we, you know, we start celebrating the victories and it's okay to celebrate your victories, but you know, we start celebrating them too much and we take our foot off the gas and we kind of stop doing all those little small things that got us to where we were. And yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to get complacent. It's funny. I just made a post about that in the last week or two. And um, yes, yeah, success is one of the biggest factors in terms of people losing where they go. I mean, even people like I see in the addictions that I remember being at the VA and I, a guy, he was telling me, he's like, there's, there's one problem, you know, that, that always derails me. I said, what? He goes, I get better. And he, 
you know, and, and then, yeah, he, you just, you get complacent and you start, you know, resting on your laurels instead of continuing to go and keep growing and keep building. Cause you know, it's like I heard Andy Fursello once say, you know, you, um, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse mm-hmm. because the rest of the world is still turning yep. and moving around you. And so you got to keep, uh, keep moving forward to keep your, keep your place and you keep your standing. hundred percent. Yeah. And we forget that it's, uh, there's so many amazing parallels in life. Uh, when you stop going to the gym, guess what happens? You stop your, you atrophy, right? So you, you're mm-hmm. not building muscle. Uh, so it's the same thing. What you feel a lot of times we feel like, oh, we have a strong mindset or, or we have a great business. But if you stop working on your business, if you stop working on your mindset, then that atrophies and, you know, you, you need to, you need to keep building. It's not something that you just stop doing. It's something that you have to continue doing and, and just keep getting better at it. Absolutely. So speaking of which, talk to us about some of your daily habits and, you know, how you stay disciplined with things, because that's, that's something that I'm always fascinated by is with high performers who, you know, are, have not just the business intact, but I mean, you have all of those, you know, those four areas that we've, we talked about before the mindset, you know, body business and uh, relationships. I mean, it seems like you've got all those pretty well intact. Uh, Talk to me about the habits that you have in place daily to keep all those intact. Yeah. So daily, uh, there's three things I have to do. I have to read, I have to journal and I have to go to the gym. And, uh, for me, sometimes that it happens in different order. Uh, but if I don't do that and sometimes, you know, life happens and sometimes you're not able to, but if I don't do that, I don't have a great day. I don't have a, a successful day. So it's really important to set the tone for me in the mornings, with that, yes, um, yes. I always wake up every morning and I say, it's a beautiful day. Uh, so, uh, gratitude right God, off the bat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. I thank God for waking me up in the morning, uh, for, you know, the, the air in my lungs and for making me the person I am. And, um, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I write out a gratitude list. A lot of the times I just kind of I pray do that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I'm feeling really, really down, you know, if I, if I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that in my journal, but, um, I'll read first and uh, just at the beginning of the day, that's when your your mind is the most malleable. So that, that's yes. when you yeah, accept, absorb the most information. So I read first, mm-hmm. uh, then I'll journal just to kind of dissect what I learned um, or, you know, just kind of write about what's on my mind and kind of dump out and write out my priorities as well. That's um, I write down three things that I have to do that day. Um, and then um, I get after I go to the gym. Um, I'll do a, a upper body day, a lower body day, and I'll, I'll make sure to stretch and make sure, um, you know, to drink my water in the morning as well. Um, but that's pretty much, you know, I keep it, I try to keep it simple, uh, before I used to say, oh, well, I have to, I meditate and this and that, and it's just a lot going on. So I just simplified it to those three things. And, um, that's, uh, that's what gets me going in the morning. No, you got the things that work for you and you're, you're hitting all the areas. I mean, you're hitting your mindset. I mean, gratitude is so important because, you know, I know it's cliche nowadays because everybody's quote unquote hashtag grateful, but uh, you know, at the same time, is it possible to be grateful and depressed at the same time? No, grateful and angry, (laughs) grateful and anxious. No, I mean, they're, they're all diametrically opposed with gratitude. So if you have that gratitude, it, it pushes those negative emotions out and it's one of the quickest ways to, to address those, that, and going and doing something for other people and you know, being of service to other people. I mean, the, the, those are the two quickest things that, that and gratitude to, that can 
alleviate those negative emotions, but you're taking care of yourself physically. Um, you know, and if you're reading, I mean, that can help you with your business. That can help you with your mindset. And so, um, yeah. And it, so being able to do all those things in the morning, that really weaponizes you for the day. And so that when you actually do get into the office and start seeing people, you're, you're such a leg up on everybody else. I mean, the person that just stumbled out of bed a half hour ago and they're coming in all flustered and in a, in a rush and they just, they don't have their mindset in the right way. They're playing the rest of their day on defense, as I always say, whereas you've, you've already done those things. You've already taken that me time. And then I think that's the other important thing that people don't realize is that when you're doing those things for yourself, it sounds like work, but it's at the same time, it is, it's, you're taking that time for yourself. You're investing in you, you're pouring into yourself, yeah. you know, and people are like, oh, well, that's selfish. Actually, it's not selfish because pouring into yourself, you're giving the world the best version of you mm. by the time you yeah. walk into the office in the morning. And so mm. by not doing that, that would be selfish. But by doing that, you're giving the world the best version of you. So you're hitting the ground running and you're going to be very sharp and you're going to be primed. So, yes. Yeah. And, and not every day is going to be like that, right? You, we all have our bad days. And I, unfortunately, uh, I, I carry guilt uh, in, in a big way. So I try my best to be kind to myself. And if uh, something happens in the morning that derails me, I'll take some time maybe in the, like in lunchtime and I, I'll do my things. And um, it's uh, cause it's really hard. There's a lot of pressure out there to, you know, be the best. I know my internal self-talk is always like, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. You need to be doing the other thing. And, uh, I, I'm more and more trying to talk to myself, like my best friend, like would mm-hmm. my best friend talk to me this way? Would my best friend put me down? Um, and it, it, there's a fine line, right? When you are yes. not yes. doing the things that you are doing, you better get yourself up out of bed and you better, you know, get your life together. Uh, but then there's there's times where you truly are trying your best. Uh, you just got to let yourself know if if you truly are doing your best. Great job tomorrow. If you it, but things didn't go your way today. It's OK. Tomorrow's another day and you're yeah. going to kill it that day. So yeah. that internal self-talk is is very sure. important. I love that. And that's something that I've, I've preached in my practice for the past 20 years is, you know, people shooting all over themselves. I should, I should, you know, the, the shoulds, the ought tos, the must, the need tos, ought tos. And so, I mean, those things, I mean, yes, there are t- times when urgency is important. You do need to turn things into a must, but a lot of times, you know, we can cause ourselves unnecessary anxiety when we're shooting, ought toing, must musting, all those things. And it's just setting the bar arbitrarily high. And then if we fall short of it, we feel like we failed. And then that's when people get to feeling that anxiety and that depression. And so, you know, mm-hmm. rather than saying I should, I ought to, I must be able to say, oh, it would be better if I did this. I would like for this to happen. I wish for this to happen, but it doesn't have to happen. You know, because if I'm saying it has to happen or it must happen, that means if it doesn't happen today, then the sun's going to fall out of the sky. The world's going to end. I'm not going to wake up the next day. And so it's it's part of good you know emotional management when we can restructure our thinking that way to, you know, alleviate that kind of self-talk. Because like you said, you know, you wouldn't talk to other people that way. Mm-hmm. Why would you talk to yourself that way? When you're talking mm-hmm. to yourself that way, it's like you're pointing a finger and nobody likes a finger pointed at them. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, that I know someone points a finger at us. We want to shut down and we want to put the hand up and say no, no more. So, you know, we do that to ourselves and you know, you're making the same thing happen there. Exactly. I think it was, wasn't you that mentioned the gap and the gain, the book? Um, I don't know, but the, uh, I love that book because it, it talks about like how we shouldn't measure ourselves against where we're not, well, you know, with the goal that we haven't reached, 
but we should look back and, and look at what we have accomplished so far. So, yeah. you know, the, the, are we looking at life from the gap, from where we're at to where we want to be, or are we looking at from it from the gain? So where we right. where we've come from, right? The, the gains sure. that we've made and coming from a place of confidence of like, man, I got this far. Of course, I'm going to, you know, move forward. Yeah. And great. Um, and so, and, and that's what I love about over, overcoming adversity because that once we overcome, we gain confidence in being able to mm. tackle even yes. bigger. Yes. And, and for me, for a long time, I thought, um, I'm going to get to a place where every life's going to be easy and I'm not going to have any problems and everything's going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have a personal chef and a maid and all that stuff. And, um, and the reality of it is, is that the more successful we become, the more, the bigger problems come because sure. you get better, you get better at handling those problems. You, you Therefore, got more you responsibility. responsibility. Yep. Yeah. And so it's really cool how you, you're able to, you know, get better, but still the problems come and you're just a better person at handling sure. those issues. Right. There's, um, and- I went to a conference and they, uh, one of the speakers, uh, not last weekend, the weekend before, was at RiseCon. And uh, he said, if you think you have problems now, wait until you become successful. Wait until mm-hmm. you have millions of dollars in the bank. Um, I think he was facing a uh, uh, $100 million lawsuit or it's like $900 million, not $99 million lawsuit or something like that. Wow. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, you know wait until you become really successful and see what your problems become. So everything is proportional. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We just, but, but he, uh, the problems he's overcome have made him a a great person to be able to take on these other struggles. Sure. It's, it's a muscle. It's, it's a muscle that you build. Mm -hmm. And, and like you were saying with confidence, when you overcome these things, when you have those experiences and, you know, confidence is memory of past successes. It's pet memory of past wins. And so you, those are all wins that you've had. And so you look back and it's, you have that memory of past successes and that gives you confidence going forward. You can look back and you can have the the gratitude toward yourself for all the steps that you've made. You know, it's still good to be blissfully dissatisfied. Like you hear Ed Milet talk about where you, you look ahead and these are the things that I still want to see happen. I'm not satisfied, but I'm also grateful to myself for the steps that I made to get to this point, because sometimes we think we're not moving, but then you look back and you see where you were, you know, say in your case, four, four and a half years ago. And it's like, oh my gosh, holy shit, I did that. You know, <laughs> I did it. It's, it's amazing. And yeah. uh, I took all those steps and I invested in myself and, um, you know, those are all wins. Those are all successes. I get to decide what my wins are. And so I'm looking back and I, I'm seeing those as wins and that's going to give me confidence going forward because I know, you know what, the best predictor of future behavior is my past behavior. This mm-hmm. is my past behavior resume right here. Mm-hmm. So I've got that confidence in, you know, all those things I did, they're deposits in the confidence bank and those deposits are going to like interest. They're going to, you know, grow exponentially. They're going to compound mm-hmm. and grow exponentially. And and it's also how we perceive our failures, right? Um, so I, after college, I um, was working at a job and 10 months later I was let go and I was given two months severance. And uh, that was one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with um, because I was straight out of college and mm-hmm. um, I, everyone saw me as like the superstar. Like I was like a, a rock star, like in, in school and in college. And um, 
it was it was very tough to tell my parents what happened. And but that was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it got me back to Tampa. It got mm-hmm. me into outside sales. It got me to build a network of, of people. It got me more into entrepreneurship and um, having a network of entrepreneurs that are my clients. I, I was selling payroll uh, services with ADP, uh, the payroll mm-hmm. company. And so um, it, it tra- completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I'm so grateful that it did because my life would look nothing like it like it does now had I stayed with that company. So uh, it's Happened all for how you, you, not to you. Yeah, it's all how you perceive things that happen to you. You know, it's not a failure if it's something that has really helped elevate you into another level. And so, you know, that that experience led me to think, oh, man, I really shouldn't work for corporate anymore. Corporate isn't really my gig, right? And so, um, gosh, this and, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so you know, it it takes a, a special kind of human to uh, be self-employed, to be an entrepreneur, and uh, it. I mean, I'm I'm so happy that it didn't work out because now I'm here where I am. Absolutely, yes, and you know. I think if we look hard enough, I mean, if we've got our reticular activating system, the RAS that's working, you know, we learn to be able to spot the opportunities when they happen, you know, mm-hmm. and even if they're subtle, even though they don't seem like opportunities, you know, getting mm-hmm. let go from a job that doesn't seem like, an, you know, how the hell is that an opportunity? But if you look mm-hmm. hard enough, you realize that something just opened up for you. You know, you have this freedom. Now you have this, have this ability to do what you want and you're empowered. And you've got an opportunity, even though it's going to be very difficult, but you can still be the one calling the shots. And I always tell people, I mean, when you have that, uh, you know, that internal locus of control where you're the one in control of your life, of your business and everything else, and, you know, your fate isn't in the hands of anyone or anything else, then that's, that's a great feeling. You know, the caveat is we have to be very disciplined about it, especially early on when we're building that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that they say with discipline, you know, we, ha- we have to show restraint and we have to show control you know, early on so that later on something else or somebody else doesn't. So mm-hmm. it's during that time that we have to be the ones, you know, we're not being controlled by the boss or the corporate or anything else anymore, but we have to assume that control over ourselves at that point to make sure we're doing the right kind of things. So then now you can have the life that you want where you're the one calling the shots and you're the one in control. hundred percent. Very, very cool. 100%. Yeah. Good stuff. So talk to me about, you know, in this day and age, um, you know, I mean, financially, we're in a recession, going into a recession, we're going into a winter, as I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Um, When it comes to a money mindset, where do you think that most people are lacking nowadays? A lot of people are not in the right vehicles. So um, uh, I say that to say, uh, people want to make a lot of money and they're, but they're working like maybe a nine to five job, uh, that they have a set income. And so that's really not, um, going to help them get there. So, um, I, uh, to kind of illustrate the point, I was talking to someone that's a mechanic and he works on Ferraris. And so I was thinking, oh, okay, this guy gets it. He knows what, you know, it's possible. Um, and then when I helped him create a budget, he uh, realized that he was spending more money than he was earning. So I told him, hey, man, you got to change something right now. You got to either start doing some side work, try to figure out if, a, if you can do side work, 
um, and just make make more money in order to get you to where you need to need to go um, or, you know, decrease the, the amount of spending that you have. Uh, people uh, people don't like to track their finances, unfortunately, they uh, just kind of uh, money in money out. Um, and the first most important thing is awareness. So knowing what what's going in, what's going out and knowing where you want to be. So whenever someone doesn't have a good why as to why they want to be financially free, why they want to pay off debt, uh, they can get easily derailed by the things that can happen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so number one is being aware of the money that's going in and out, having a budget. Um, and that can be very different for different people. That could be tracking your money on an app. That can be writing down the money that you spend. That can be an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and, you know, being in the right vehicle and then also having a strong why uh, and a strong plan as to like, as, as to where you want to go. So those are the, the main three things with the money mindset. I love that. Yeah. I think anytime we, you know, if we fail to plan, that's, that's setting us up for disaster and we're going to end up in the same place. Yeah. yeah. If we fail to plan, we plan to fail. And so you're going to end up. A big planner. In... Yep. <laughs> You're going to find yourself in the same place at the end of every year, you know? And so I think so many times people come get to December 31st at the end of the year and they're like, Oh, this year's going to be different. This is the year yep. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to knock it out of the park. And, but there's no different plan. There's no different action being taken. And if nothing mm -hmm. changes, nothing changes. And so they don't, when they don't have that plan in place, then they wonder why it's the same thing happening and you know, year in, year out. And like you said, they're yeah. still in the same vehicle. And if you're still yeah. in the same vehicle doing the same things and, you know, nothing's going to magically change. Right. And, and I've been there. I literally was there my first year in business. I spent as much money as, it, as I, I made. And I was, I worked so hard. I was working hundred hour weeks. I was uh, the MVP of, of my team and I still didn't have anything to show for it. So that's when I got really smart. And I, I said, no, things got to change. We got to do things a little bit different. Uh, and so you know, we're, we've all been there and, and saying, Hey, it's okay. Putting aside, you know, all the, the baggage of like where you've been and just making a decision that moving forward, you're going to be different. A lot of us get caught up in like, Oh, well, you know, it's too late or, Oh, it'll always be this way. Or, or, or my, you know, we, we have these weird, uh, like ideas of, of money of, Oh, well, you know, on, only greedy people have a lot of money. No, like right. my dad's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. And he, he's not greedy. He's not, you know, but, and he lives a great life, you know, like he, uh, I'm not saying that he's like super rich or anything like that, but I'm saying he has a, um, a portfolio of real estate that pays him and he travels a heck of a sure. lot. And so he lives a really great life. Uh, because he did the things that he needed to do to plan ahead. And right. he always kept track of what he's spending. Um, and he, you know, he was a really great example for me. And, um, you know, we need to know that that's also possible for, for us. Right. right. And, I, and I think the other thing too, that just, you just kind of jarred something in my mind as well is that, you know, the people that are very successful that, you know, are living a life of abundance, they're also, you know, givers. I think people automatically think yes. that the people that are, you see someone that's wealthy and, 
you immediately think these awful things like, oh, they're greedy, they're stingy, they are, you know, a snake oil salesman. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, a lot of the people that are successful, they got their way by being givers first and they provide added value, added value to the point where they are trusted and, you know, they over deliver more than anything they get reimbursed financially. And so yeah. enough people see that. And so you have to be willing to give. And, you know, I heard another financial person talk um, and she said that, uh, you know, you can't receive with a closed hand. So when you yeah. have your hand open, you know, that also, you know, you're able to give, but you're also able to receive and it's going to come back to you, you know, usually tenfold. So I think, uh, you know, that the whole giving component as well, that, uh, like you say, you got to get past that mindset that, uh, you know, just because you, you know, having a lot of money isn't necessarily a bad thing and you can't be shamed by that. You you shouldn't be shamed by your successes or anything else. And so it's okay to shoot for those things and to aim for those things. Yeah. And abundance just being in a state of abundance and understanding that there's so much out there. Um, and to, for some people, it may mean getting out of their circle, right? We were talking about how it's important who, who you surround yourself with. If you're in a room with a bunch of people that are not making a lot of money, uh, chances are your mindset is going to be, you know, smaller. It's going to, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be dictated by the people you surround yourself with. But if yep. you go to a neighborhood that's very affluent and you see people walking around and you see that that they're people just like you, um, they just happen to have a different mindset around money or a different education about money, different execution around money, uh, then, you know, you, you you can see that and want that for yourself. Sure. Um, your standards change. You know, yeah. I always tell I always tell people, I always tell them, I don't want your dreams to come true. And the reason I say that is because our dreams are even limited by our experiences. So if you're not, you don't have the experience about, you know, being those people performing at the high level, you're not even going to know what you're missing. You're not going to know what to dream about or dream for. And so, you know, it's the people that you surround yourself with that, you know, even if you thought that you reached your apex or whatever else, and you get surrounded by some of these other folks that open your eyes to a whole new world, then your standards change. You turn up at the thermostat. And yeah. so that's, it's very, very powerful to make sure you have those people in your life. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You don't want to have the nicest house on the block. No. And so very powerful. Talk about uh, some good advice for young people, like young people starting out, you know, kids coming out of college or even, you know, yeah. in college. Um, what's, what's a good, I mean, obviously when you're starting at that point, you know, you, you have much more opportunity. There's much more time to build and let things work for you. What would be the best advice that you'd have for people that are young people starting out? Um, you know, I've, I've got two kids and I've got three stepdaughters. And so, um, you know, they're all, they're all young, you know, ranging from 15 to 24. Um, so talk to me about, uh, you know, what would be some good advice for them going forward? Yeah. So I would, um, I'm a wealth building and insurance expert. So I am always going to recommend people to get life insurance, uh, a convertible term, a, a small convertible term life insurance. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so you can pay, you know, 20 bucks, 15 bucks a month for something that is going to allow you to have life insurance, no matter what happens. If you have like a heart attack or something like that, that's number one. Number two is hide money from yourself. Um, <laughs> just put, <laughs> put money away, uh, whether it be in an ETF um, or it, it be in, in a, high yield savings account, uh, just have money that you put aside that you don't touch, uh, that you forget about, uh, that, that is the, those are the two things that I wish I would have done when I was, uh, younger, uh, is just putting, 
um, whatever you can afford, but usually we, we say 20% to save uh, of what you're earning. And, uh, and yeah, so you're, that will help people in a tremendous way. Uh, so that's just keeping it simple things that I would do if, uh, if it were, if I was talking to myself 15 years ago. Perfect. Love that. So talk to us about your future directions. What do you see for your business and going forward? Like, what do you, what are your goals that you have for growth and what can we expect from you in the upcoming months and years? Yeah. So um, I'm actually going to be having my first ever live event in February. Uh, it's called Wealth Builders Bootcamp. So um, you'll find more information in wealthbuildersbootcamp.com. And uh, I'm really, really excited for that. Uh, I am most of my book of business is health and life insurance. I have about 320 or so clients and uh, we're building. Uh, but uh, I really want to share more education and more information on building wealth. Uh, and in the next few years, um, I will build, I'll be building a team around me uh, of experts that will help in areas like uh, financial planning, real estate, um, taxes, you know, CPA, um, uh, obviously, you know, help with insurance, uh, but also with uh, proper business structure and estate planning and succession planning. Uh, so that's, that's what you'll see from me coming up. Uh, it's uh, very, very exciting, starting to get um, a lot busier. So the next two weeks are already booked up for me where uh, with vacation and, and different things coming up. So um, yeah, so that that is uh, that is the plan. The big audacious goal is to help 200,000 families become financially free. Uh, I believe that, yeah, and, and I believe that that's really important because that's really how I'm going to be able to help change the world. Uh, yes, I'm, that's your I, purpose. I really want to make, <laughs> I really want to make that little girl, you know, that I have inside me, um, really proud. Uh, because uh, if someone's performing or, or living from a place of abundance and not of like you know, they're strapped and they, they're just in survival mode. Um, they're going to be able to give more to the community. Mm -hmm. They're going to be able to, uh, do more with their families and for their families, you know, like someone that's just living paycheck to paycheck, isn't going to be going to Italy and, and seeing the Vatican or, you know, you know, going to Hawaii or going to the Maldives and, um, and they're not going to be going on, uh, service trips. Like I, I had a chance to go to, on a service trip to Honduras on, in February. Oh, wow. And it was the, one of the most amazing like things I've ever done. And so um, I want to help people become financially free so that they can experience life in a bigger way. Uh, and they can be in a place where they can help others and, yes. uh, and really create greater impact. Yes. Yeah. And create a better world for all of us. Very cool. Well, I think that sounds like a fabulous purpose. It sounds like a very meaningful mission. And so I, I think that's, uh, that's definitely the uh, right way to approach it. And um, yeah, definitely, uh, d definitely your heart's in the right place there. And so I love hearing that. Um, how can everybody find you? So the best way is Instagram, it, the powerful Paola. Uh, it's so the powerful and my name is spelled P-A-O-L-A. Uh, I put on a, a lot of content, a lot of videos, reels, and uh, I share information about upcoming events and things like that here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and then also like web, you know, webcasts and things like that, like uh, conferences and stuff. Um, so yeah, that's the best way to not only reach me, but also, 
you know, stay in tune with all the things that are happening around Tampa Bay. Excellent. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on here today. It's, it was really a pleasure having you and uh, having you share your, your knowledge. And uh, so um, I look forward to seeing what you've got ahead because it sounds like you're very motivated and you're really getting after it. And so uh, you should be very proud of what you're doing and uh, proud of what you're going to accomplish. I'm, I'm very excited for you. Thank you. No, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for allowing me to share and uh, for, you know, doing this to help people really, you know, get get through. Right. Uh, I hope that through this, you're able to motivate a lot of people and and you're creating a better world for us all through this, too. So I appreciate oh. you and I appreciate your effort. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, folks. Well, if you got some nuggets out of this discussion today, which undoubtedly you did, please go ahead and share the show. If you know somebody that uh, would benefit you know, from learning more about uh, financial freedom, financial growth, which is probably about 99.999% of all of us, um, please go ahead and share the show and uh, also go online to uh, Spotify and Apple and give us a five-star review and get out there today. I want you to go out and I want you to help others, help other people. Um, get out there and try to make somebody's day, week, month, year better. And uh, we will see you next time. 